Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Wow, this is amazing, a room full of people. Dream Center, TGP, lots of kids. Hopefully I'll be able to get through my message. We'll see. But COVID has brought, let's just be real, it has, it has just stunk, hasn't it? I would use another word, but we got kids in here. It's a family service. COVID has messed with so many people, so many families, so many difficulties during COVID. But I think it is so beautiful that because of COVID and because, you know, we don't, as a church, we don't have a place to meet, that Pastor Brad and Stella have been so generous and offered this uh, venue here for us to have a collective service, two churches meeting together, brought together because of everything crazy going on with COVID. Is this not beautiful? So, so beautiful that churches are coming together, that they are unifying, they have one goal, one purpose, that's to honor Jesus Christ and lift him up. That's what it's all about. And so it is so good to see everybody here today. So thank you, Pastor Brad, Pastor Stella. Um, thank you, worship team. That was amazing. For some of you, that was your first live worship experience in months. So we honor you, worship team. Thanks for ushering us into the presence of God. And uh, also, before I do get into my message, I do want to say this message is what I would consider more of a word. It's not an expository message where I'm going word for word or, or verse by verse. It's not even a topical message. I, I really feel like this message is a word for the church and what the church needs to hear right now. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Numbers, chapter number nine. If you don't have your Bibles or don't want to look on your phones, it'll be up on the screen for you to look, a, look around as well. And the title of my message today is The Cloud. The cloud. Can you say the cloud? The cloud. I can hear you through your masks. Numbers chapter 9, and I'm going to read verses 15 through 23. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it. And at night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. Verse 18, at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Verse 21, sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would anoint this word, 
In Jesus' name, amen. At the moment of this story, the Israelites were in the wilderness after they were released from the heavy hand of Pharaoh and enslavement for 400 years. And specifically when this happened right here, they were in the wilderness for a little over two years at this point. And as they were traveling through the wilderness on their way to the promised land, God had the Israelites build a tabernacle where they could worship him and where his presence would reside. The cloud, the term the cloud in this passage alone was mentioned 11 times, okay? And this was the visible presence of the Lord. Uh, the uh, it, it, Theologians call this a theophany, okay? And that is a combination of two Greek words, meaning God and appearance. So God appeared to the Israelites in the wilderness through this cloud. Um, the cloud was the visible presence of God's care and protection over the Israelites. Uh, it looked like a cloud uh, that, that during the day was a cloud hovering over the tabernacle. And at night, it took the form of a pillar of fire uh, is what the Bible says. And anytime the Israelites feared for their life out in this lonely wilderness, if they saw the cloud, they knew God's presence of protection was over them. Amen? Anytime they doubted why God had brought them out of Egypt, and they did, they could look at the cloud for assurance. One of the things the cloud shows us is that the same God that delivers us from slavery to sin is the same God who directs and guides our journey after salvation. Okay, Not only did God send the ten plagues on Egypt and part the Red Sea and do all of those things for the Israelites, he was now leading, directing, and guiding them in the wilderness by his presence. Sometimes we feel like after we come to faith in Christ, we're on our own to try to figure out how to live the best life we can possibly live. But God not only saves us from our sins, he also takes us on a lifelong process of shaping and forming and molding us into a Christ-like image. Amen? The theological term for this is sanctification. The tabernacle, and then later on in Israel's history, the temple was the physical place that the God of Israel chose to reside in. It was the place where heaven and earth met together, okay? It was the home for the presence of Yahweh here on the earth. So where is that home now? Where is the tangible physical place where the presence and spirit of God resides in now i can tell you one thing it's not a church building it's not a it's not a it's not a sanctuary it's not a park okay the 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 physical place where god has chosen to reside is not a physical structure paul tells us where it is located in first corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We, we, you and I are now the tabernacle or temple where the spirit of God resides inside of each and every one of us who have put their faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ. 
And so here is the big idea for my message today. And it's very simple. Just as the Israelites were led by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, by the presence of God in the wilderness, the people of God are to be led by the Spirit of God who indwells us. Many of us here today feel like we're in the wilderness in a way, kind of like the Israelites felt way back then. We're in the space between being free from our sins and entering into the promised land. That, that time and space between the wilderness and the promised land where we feel like we're, we're not where we used to be, but we're not where we should be, that place, that in-between place can feel at times like an eternity. When you're in the wilderness, you can feel sometimes like you've lost your identity, right? Even if that identity was awful, like being a slave, at least you knew who you were, right? Maybe someone in here is in that in-between place where you lost your job because of COVID and you got another job just to make ends meet, but you know that's not what you want to do long-term and you're just in this in-between space. Speaking of COVID, it has caused us to be stripped of so many things that before the pandemic we just took for granted. Like going outside without wearing a mask or coming to church without wearing a mask and getting your temperature checked, right? Uh, Those things that we took for granted were just stripped away, like eating in a restaurant, you know, that just these basic things, going to church on Sundays or or gathering together with friends without, without having to worry about anything. COVID has stripped so much of our normal away from us. And now we're in this weird space, even in this city where some things are going... back to normal and others are not and things could just kind of shut down at any moment and we're just in this weird in-between space and in this in-between place and space we find ourselves in currently God is calling us in God is calling us to himself God is calling us into intimacy with him. He's calling us away from the noise, the distraction, and the frenetic pace of this world and into his beautiful presence. He's calling us to look to him for our identity, our worth, and our value. He's calling us to look to him for what we're going to do next. Not just, not just do what we've always done or do what we want to do without even thinking. He's calling us to look to him for our every step as we move forward. In this account that we find in Numbers chapter 9, God was trying to teach the children of Israel, these newly free people, to completely trust him in the midst of uncertainty. To put their complete confidence in him regardless of the circumstances. To find and anchor their hope in Jesus. This is what God was trying to teach the children of Israel in the wilderness here to put their need for certainty in God's hands. Saying everything that I knew, everything that was certain, everything that brought stability has been stripped from me. And now I place my life with all of its uncertainties, all of the unknowns, all of the fears. We put our lives in your hands. And notice here that God didn't give them 
a step-by-step instruction on how to get to the promised land. He didn't say, hey, Moses, on day one, you're going to travel about 100 miles south, then we're going to go about 50 miles east, stay at the Holiday Inn at Mount Sinai, get up early the next morning, and then get on our journey to the rest of the way. No, he didn't do any of that. He said, look to my presence. He said, look to my presence because my presence is enough. If the cloud is lifted, that means move. If the cloud is settled, that means stay. God was leading the children of Israel by his grace day in and day out. They were learning what Paul said way later, that his grace is sufficient for them. And it was not about efficiency. God was not interested in the fastest route to Canaan. What he was interested in, complete dependence on his presence. And if we're being totally honest today, so many of us live without depending on the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives. We go through the motions of our day-to-day lives and we don't even ask God what he thinks about it. We don't even seek the guidance of the Spirit in our lives. Here's a good question to ask yourself. Do I give God room and space to lead me and guide me and direct my steps? Or do I have everything so planned out to a T that there's no room for him to work and move and speak? I have no margin in my life for God to even speak because I have everything planned out to to such a detail and to such a T that even if God spoke, I wouldn't even be able to hear him. Some of us have made idols out of our plans. Some of us have made idols out of our career paths. And nothing is going to move us from that, even God. But as people of God, it must be different for us. And and this is what God did for the people of Israel. In his grace, God built looking up into the ecosystem of the Israelites. What, what What do I mean by that? Uh, In verses 21 and 22 of Numbers 9, let's revisit that. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. Think about it. Could you imagine being in this position where at any moment... God could lift the cloud and you'd have to just pack up your tent, pack up your kids, pack up your belongings and just go. Like right when you got your tent set just the way you wanted it, you got your man cave going on, you you positioned your tent to where it had the best view possible and then the cloud lifts and you got to pack up and go. How annoying and frustrating would that be? But some of you New York City people know exactly what they felt because in five years you've moved to five different apartments. Right. (laughs) Just when you got comfortable and familiar, the landlord decided to up your rent like crazy and you had to find another place that was affordable and you had to do that over and over and over. So in a way, New York City people, you understand what the Israelites were going through here. The only way this could work for the Israelites was if the people were constantly looking up as they were doing their dishes, looking up as they were playing with their kids, looking up. As Moses and his leaders were having a strategic meeting, looking up. As they were doing the mundane, 
day-to-day activities of life, God built in their ecosystem to have to constantly look up at his presence to see what he was doing. Amen? This is a very important lesson for us to learn, church. We need to develop the habit of looking up, looking up constantly as we go through our day-to-day activities, looking up. God, what are you doing in the world right now? Yeah, I know we're all smart because we've done some internet researches about what's going on and we're all experts on COVID, but God, what are you doing in the world right now? What are you doing in the midst and through the pandemic? God, what are you doing in my heart right now? What are you trying to expose in my heart? right? What, what idols are you trying to identify in my heart as we're going through all of this craziness in our nation, in our world? Right? What are you trying? How, what are you trying to say to me through this right now? God, what are you doing in my family right now? Instead of just blazing through life while, like we're conditioned to do, right? Like New York City people, we're, we're conditioned. Whatever obstacle comes, we just blaze right through it because that's the only way we can survive here. But instead of doing that, instead of just being on autopilot, I think what God wants us to do is pause, slow down, and look up to the presence of God for our marching orders in this season. Sometimes the, the cloud only settled from evening to morning. Sometimes two days, sometimes two months, sometimes a year was, went by before the cloud decided, before the presence of God decided to move. Their eyes had to constantly be on the presence of God, and it was on purpose. God built that, sowed that into the ecosystem of his children. It reminds me of Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. No matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening, no no matter what people are trying to tell us, fixing, fixating, gazing on Jesus. For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So many of us feel as if God is distant or not listening to us, but could it be that we, are so distracted by everything around us that we're actually the ones who have distanced ourselves from God. We've fallen into the trap and become distracted by politicizing everything. We're so distracted by Donald Trump and his Twitter feed. We're we're so distracted by our phones. We're so distracted by social media. We're so distracted by clickbait news that we're the ones who have distanced ourselves from God so much That if we're being honest with ourselves today, we wouldn't even know if the cloud had moved or if the cloud is settled. Ah, Dream Center people, I hope you don't hate me by now. TGP, you're used to this. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Paul, uh, writing to the church in Galatia, he, he said this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, then you're not under the law. What are we being led by right now? What's leading us right now? Is it our fleshly desires or is it the spirit of God? 
When we're being led by the flesh, we will always be headed towards selfish ambition, self-centeredness, gratifying the indulgences of our heart. And, and all of those things always lead to more enslavement. But when we're being led by the Spirit, He will lead us towards the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? If, if we go on, verse 22, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Meaning the Spirit is moving. My son's uh, iPad giving me fantasy football updates here. <laughs> my daughter broke my iPad that I used for preaching, so I had to use his. <laughs> if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. <laughs> what's problematic right now is that in this current cultural moment that we find ourselves in we are functioning in the same vicious angry divisive frequency that the world is in we're we're we're, we're tuned into the same in many respects the church christians believers we're tuned into the same frequency that the world is tuned into but the Holy Spirit functions on a completely different frequency than the world is in. And believers, we need to tune into the right frequency. And according to 1 Corinthians 13, when we give our opinions and our cultural commentary without love, without walking in the fruit of the Spirit, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, that we sound like a clanging cymbal. Maybe you've seen this illustration here before. It's not original to myself. I never use original illustrations because I never get them. So uh, when I see something on YouTube, I'm like, oh, that would be good for my message. And, <laughs> but Paul tells us that when we give, when we spout our cultural commentary, our opinions on something without love, even if we're right to those that are listening, it sounds like, Nothing more than a clanging symbol. So when we say, my opinion about Donald Trump is, and we start going, this is what everybody hears. My opinion about Joe Biden is. My opinion about Antifa and Black Lives Matter is. My opinion about white supremacy is. And keep going. My opinion about masks is. My opinion about the vaccination for COVID is. <laughs> My opinion about the election is. Got so many things pent up in me and I'm just releasing it right now. Feels so good. It's therapeutic, but I'll move on. When we give our opinions without love, we think we're winning an argument. We think, man, we're smart, man. I'm going to change their mind. But all they're hearing is this. Hearts aren't changing. Minds aren't changing. No progress is being made. We're just, we're just uttering things out. We're just yelling at one another. We're not dialoguing. We're not conversating because we're not speaking in love. 
Our language and tone must be different if we're truly walking in love. Whenever we find ourselves in times of uncertainty, like we find ourselves in right now, I think it's important for us to try and not play God. Meaning when the cloud is moving, let's not dig our feet in the ground and say, I'm staying right. I'm comfortable. I like my, I, I like, I like my view. Or when the cloud is settled, we say it's time to go. It's time to do something else. It's important that when we're in a season, a time, so much uncertainty that we ourselves don't try to play God and say, God, come along for the ride. I know what I'm doing. No, that's not what we should do, because here's what I know. God is moving. God is working. God's will and purpose is moving forward regardless of COVID-19, regardless of the election, regardless of anything else happening right now. God's will, purpose is moving forward. Why? Because he is sovereign. He's the one that puts kings in place and takes them down. He, he's the one that controls. Uh, I, I, Daniel tells us that he's the one that controls sovereign over world events. So as believers, man, ultimately, our life is not in the hands of who gets elected or who doesn't get elected. Our life is not in the hands of a pandemic. Our, our life is not in the hands of what's happening because ultimately we serve the God that is in control of all things. Our job is to tune into the frequency of the Spirit. Our job is to look up towards the presence of God. Our job is to say, Jesus, what do you want from me? I am here to follow you regardless of where it takes me. Let's be a church who is led guided and directed by the Spirit, where we're practicing looking up, looking up, where, where we're looking at our tone, our actions, and our words, and filtering those through the lens of Scripture and seeing if what we're doing matches up to what we see in Scripture, that we're sensitive to the voice of God speaking to us. Let's be open to the Spirit's leading in this season. Let's not just jump to what we know. Let's not just be led by our emotions. Let's not be led by our politics. Let's be led by the Spirit of God. Let our posture be, God, my heart and mind is open to whatever you're doing. And whatever you want to do, my heart is open to that. Let, let, let that be our posture towards what's happening in our world right now. Whether we get to continue meeting in person or we have to go back online for a season, God, whatever happens, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still your child. Your presence is still with me. If the church never goes back to what it was, probably be a good thing, first of all. But Lord, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, through this incredibly difficult time in our world, I am seeing God do some amazing things in unconventional ways. Uh, Drew and Janelle told me that their, their volunteer uh, numbers have just skyrocketed since COVID and most of their volunteers in the, in the mobile pantry units. It's, it's unbelievers. And, and what a beautiful thing that COVID has brought unbelievers and believers together to serve the underserved in our community. I think that makes God smile. Amen. God is working in unconventional ways, untraditional ways. Why? Because nothing stops the will and purpose of God. 
instead of just complaining about what we don't have or how things aren't working out for us or can we be flexible? Can we be open hearted? Can we be open handed and willing to adjust in order to grasp a new way of doing things? Can you open up your heart to God to what God wants to do in you right now? Or, or are you in such a hurry for the next thing that we're missing out on the blessings of what God is doing right here? We're like, I can't wait till the pandemic is over. I can't wait till the election is over. I can't wait till the season. And that's natural. But let's not be so focused on that that we miss out on what the Spirit of God is trying to do in us right here, right now, through this. Right? Like, I, I would love to... I, I, don't, I want a church service where we don't have to wear masks and take temperatures, okay? Where we don't have to spread apart, where we don't have to wear bracelets, you know, telling us whether we want to hug or not. But what is God doing right now in the church? What is he, what are, what are some things in the church that were unhealthy or didn't honor God that we have the opportunity to kind of take inventory and, and see? I think that's the posture that we should have as people of God. Not, not just looking towards when this thing is over. Yeah, it's going to be over. But let's not miss out on what God is doing in our hearts right here, right now. As you think about this story and that the Israelites had to depend on God in the wilderness for literally everything, how long they were going to encamp, when they were going to take off, their food, their water, everything. You could look at the Israelites and think, man, that's weak. That's, that's a form of weakness, but I want you to know that is a, that is a form of strength because they were utterly dependent on God. God. What, what did Paul say? When I am weak, then I am strong. When we understand that we can't save ourselves, when we understand that we can't go through this life ourselves, when we can't go through what we're going through right now ourselves, when we, when we admit to God, I can't do this. That is when his grace floods our hearts. That is when his strength floods our situation. That is when we understand I am not sovereign. I am not in control. I do not know what's going to happen next, but I have anchored my hope into a God that knows exactly what's going to happen next. And that's what I'm sticking to. And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. And when we're totally dependent on God, he will do exceedingly and abundantly far more than we could ever think, imagine, or dream of. Amen. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about the Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.